Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hello, this is Chatting with Nat. This is Natalie Sean. This is Natalie Jean. This is Nat. Those are the only things you can call me. Today I have the honor of having recording artist and songwriter Amanda McCarthy. Amanda McCarthy is a storyteller compelled to speak the truth. Based in Nashville and raised in New England, she's an award-winning songwriter, entertainer, and recording artist. Blending many influences and described by many as fearless, her original music is the infusion of pop, country, modern folk, and rock, sprinkled with millennial snark and the heart of an old soul. Let's welcome Amanda McCarthy. Yay! Hi, Amanda. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me tonight. Oh, thank you. Oh, the honor is mine. The honor is mine. If I can have you on my show, then I know I've done something right. Um, <laughs> you had given us a song. The reason I wanted you on, one of the reasons was the, one of the songs that you gave me recently for one of our shows where we played uh, music on the show for the Sim Radio Network was talking about, you know, you mentioned something about not having a Grammy or something like that. And I, and I love I love those lyrics so much, and it shows that, you know, you're a person that speaks her truth. Thank you. Um, yeah, that song was a folk song, and I just wrote it one day when I was just fed up with a lot of, you know, the crap in the industry. You know how it is, and that song just kind of spiraled out one day. I think it's a great song because it speaks so much truth to this music business. This music business is crazy and it's a lot, a lot, a lot of work. Um, and you, as independent artists and entrepreneurs, as I like to say, or Nikki Chris likes to call us, um, it takes a lot of um, effort to stay in this uh, business, um, especially when we're competing against uh, mainstream artists. Um, how do you like that whole thing? Do you prefer, do you want to stay independent? Do you want to go with a label? How do you think... In, the indie word is a dirty word. What are your thoughts on that? I go back and forth on this a lot. I think I would eventually like to be um, with a bigger label or publisher, but I would rather wait longer to get a deal that's going to work in my favor rather than get signed tomorrow and have it be something that's not going to work very well for me. Right. No, I get that. I get that. And the only thing with uh, the huge labels for me is the fact that, you know, sometimes they try to change the artist. But as I was talking to my friend um, Kiki Fainley, she said, what people seem to forget is that you can ne- negotiate what you want. Yes. And, and I think assuming- that's something a lot of artists are often afraid to do. I feel like there's almost, I don't want to say the industry is like a bully, but I feel like sometimes artists are afraid that if they do negotiate and stick up for themselves, 
they're going to be seen as hard to work with or just be seen as a problem and not have that industry support behind them. Exactly. Well, you're right. A hundred percent right. How would you describe your music? My music, um, as you heard in that song, folk song, um, I'm very honest in my music. Um, Sometimes that comes out as being really snarky. Sometimes it comes out as being very emotional. And um, I have trouble sticking to one genre, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I like writing in different styles. And as people hear various songs from me, they can hear those differences, but it all kind of comes back to one place. Do you think that people might find you snarky because you're a woman? Because I know nine times out of ten, they're not going to say that about a man. You know what? I never thought of it that way. Um, I've never really thought of me being snarky as a bad thing either. But, um, no, that's a very valid point. I just never thought of it that way. That's very possible. Yeah, you know what? Women have made so many strides in the music industry, but we still have to keep pushing because, you know, if it's, it, it's stereotype, but, you know, when a woman speaks for herself or speaks for truth or just being real, you know, they're either going to call you the B word or they're going to tell you you're snarky or you don't have, you you don't have a say in something, which is very sad to me. But I love people like you, artists like you that, you know, stand for their truth and you're not, you're, you're going to be who you are. And that rings true in your music. You know, there's so many people out there that are too afraid to sing about what's real and they want to, you know, they, they want to chart, and it's fine to chart and do do stuff like that, but I think when you're real, I think you get you gain more people that are going to want to listen to you, because those people are going to say, oh my God, she gets me. She understands me. Oh my God, she's not afraid. I need to follow her. I love her music, and I think that's how, you know, we get uh, the fans that we get. Um, what about your music is rebellious, unconventional, or unusual? Um, I would say probably the fact that I don't stick to one genre. I've been told since I was a teenager that I kind of had to pick one genre, whether that was country or pop or rock. I've always kind of been told I had to pick one thing and focus on it, and I've never been able to do that. I tried when I was younger because I wanted to do what I was told to do well because I thought I needed to listen to people, but... um I would say the fact that I kind of bop all over the place in my writing and that I'm not afraid to put out a song that sounds nothing like what I've done before if I feel in my heart it's the right song to put out. Right. I love that because, you know, as you know, I'm also a versatile artist just like you. And, you know, I think, you know, you don't tell an artist, don't paint this certain way, don't draw this certain way. And an artist can draw many different ways. So I think it rings true to... Uh, like us, artists like us, that we should be allowed to do as many genres as we want. Now, I've done a lot of genres, but I also am right now focused on the Americana genre because I like that there's a lot of genres in the Americana and also uh, the fact that there's a storytelling about Americana. There's a storytelling about in, in country. I mean, there's storytelling in all of them, but I think there's it's just a focused genre. Uh, that has that kind of stuff. So I, I do appreciate your versatility. And as a versatile artist, your songs can be placed in film, tele television, documentaries, 
you know, many different avenues. So being versatile has, uh, it, it works more for you in, in, in the long run if you're trying to do more with your music. Are you trying to get your music into film documentaries, commercials, and all that stuff? I am trying. I'm actually recently partnered with a company. Um, it's not exclusive, but um, that's something they're going to be trying to do is, um, you know, they work with different people, um, A&Rs who are scouting for music for that stuff, and they're going to have my music in their list for pitching for that. So that's definitely an avenue I want to explore more. Um, I, I'm i still learning about it. Like, I'll have these really specific ideas Mm-hmm. and write a song for it, but then not know who to bring it to. So it's a whole world, and I'm trying to look more into it. Yeah, I'll have to connect you with some stuff. I'm trying to work on a spreadsheet. So I've been on this app called, this new app called Clubhouse. What's interesting, what's been good about it is I've been able to learn about the ins and out of the music industry, especially when it comes to licensing and syncing deals. And so one of the things the lady said is to create a spreadsheet. So you create this spreadsheet, you go to IMDb, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram are like the four major places to look for music supervisors. I'm also, and I have to send this to you, but I'm also a member of the Guild of the Music Supervisors. And there you can meet different types of supervisors. They have, you know, Zoom things all the time. And then people exchange phone numbers and all that good stuff. Um, I'll have to send you some stuff uh, so that you can get more acquainted with that whole scene. But it's a lot of work, and, you know, it's about knowing what to say, how to contact people, uh, learning uh, to find out what uh, a particular music supervisor is looking for. And then the other thing is they talked about was um, contacting uh, people like independent artists that are in film, uh, independent filmmakers, sorry. Um, you contact them to see where they are in their production of their film, that maybe they might want to use your music. But, yeah. It's a lot of work, um, and I, was, I told the lady, oh, my God, you just added, like, 500 things to my plate. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I was just like, oh, my gosh, I just came here to listen. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I got to do this. And one of the websites she talked about was, um, I think it's called Tune Sound or Tune Find. And basically, if you go to that website, you can go to any show. You type in a show that you like. And it'll give you the music supervisor and it'll show you what kind of music they're looking for. And I thought that was really cool because if you're a songwriter, you play different instruments, you can just write a song for that particular show and send it to that particular music supervisor. Um, do you play? You That's play? amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to send that to you so you can start looking at that. Um, Thank you. How many instruments do you play? Um, my primary is guitar and then followed by ukulele. I do uh, piano and keyboard as well. Those are my main three. And then um, I do some hand percussion every now and then at a live show. But usually when I'm playing, I'm accompanying, accompanying myself. I love that you're playing an instrument or several instruments because I'm still trying to learn. I still have, I have bought a smart uh, keyboard three, four years ago that's still in the box. I have a problem. I still need to learn how to play that thing. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, I'm a vocalist. I can uh, sing songs. I can come up with a melody, but I still need to learn to play an instrument because I think that's crucial. I think it's just crucial. I mean, I can still work. I think it's it's awesome that you can play. I try to do the guitar thing, but I feel like like a contortionist 
I couldn't, my body was just like, no, Natalie, this is not working for you. Um, what made you decide to move to Nashville? Um, moving to Nashville to me seemed like the next logical step in my songwriting journey. I'd been uh, living in New England and I was doing as much as I could online, but New England has a great, great music scene that often revolves around like playing covers at bars. And I loved doing that. I was doing that full time, making a decent living off of it, but I felt like I wanted more off of my original music and just exploring those avenues. And I was trying to get involved with different things online, but I'm, I'm very much an in-person kind of person. So I just, had to follow my gut and come here and it's so far yeah you know the first time i went to nashville was for uh one of the josie music awards and we went to this one bar and there was music in every room but it was like different genre music and i was like this is just wild and crazy i can't wait till this pandemic is over and we can get back to some of that craziness i miss it um so tell me, tell us about the Nashville Writers Collective. So the Nashville Writers Collective, that's actually kind of a venture I started. Um, I started it for multiple reasons. The, the main one just being that I wanted to book writers rounds, but I didn't want to book it as a man, McCarthy and Friends. I just thought that was kind of cheesy. I wanted something that really celebrated community mm-hmm. and wasn't just about me. And the other reason I started it was because I, when I would um, commute into Nashville for trips, I found it very challenging to be booked as an out-of-towner. And mm-hmm. um, other friends of mine have had that issue as well. So I just kind of wanted to create a space where, you know, people can book if they're coming from out of town and want to play a show or if they're new and need to get their feet wet and they're having trouble being booked other places, I want to kind of be that pathway for people and um, it's been crazy so far I've only been doing it about a month and the outreach I've had on people wanting to play is like almost more than I can handle but I've been making it work and it's been a lot of fun and I've been meeting a lot of people doing it well that's awesome I like the fact that you created that and you're networking and you're bringing people together we need more of that because music has so much power in it and and you're bringing people together so that's awesome Congratulations on that. Um, we're Thank gonna you. Play, we're gonna, you're welcome. We're going to play one of your songs. Tell me what Tiki Bar is about. Tiki Bar uh, sounds like a big party song, and it kind of is. Um, it's like a breakup party song. Um, there was a true story where I was broken up with at a wedding. I'll spare most of those details. It was kind of a mess, but a uh, friend of mine, Roger Hagopian, um, he had the idea about the Tiki Bar. So we kind of crafted that story as being about, like, a bride who was left at the altar and then went on the honeymoon by herself. Wow. That must have sucked. Here, hold on. We're going to have a word <laughs> from the sponsor, and we'll pick a song. Hold on. <laughs> Hi, this is Nikki Chris, and I host a podcast called Mixin' It. Mixin' It focuses on women in the music, entertainment, and the performing arts. Our goal is to provide an avenue for industry veterans and up-and-coming artists, musicians, engineers, and producers to showcase their talent. Listen to Mixin' It on Monday Music Madness at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sim Radio Network. 
love that. Thank you. Now, why would somebody break up with somebody at a wedding? Only a man would do that. I can't imagine seeing a woman. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I mean, that's just rude. Um, very, very rude. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, did you always want to do music? Always. Um, I was always definitely into it since I was a kid. Um, my first pitch was writing a letter to Barney asking if I could be on his show. So I've always, always been into it. Um, there was a point, though, I didn't realize that you could, like, get into music and not be famous. And I know that sounds really silly, but, um, you know, I thought the only way to make money off of music was being famous until one day I was probably like 18 or 17, something like that. And my aunt who was acting as my manager at the time, she mentioned how another act we knew was only doing paid gigs now. And I was like a paid gig. Like, what's that? I like, I, it just didn't even occur to me that, um, not famous people could make money. So, uh, from there, I just started diving in, and I just wanted as much of it as possible. Yeah, you know, when you're growing up, you're just like, oh, you know, it'd be cool. To just, uh, I remember um, watching the Grammys with my parents and thinking, oh, my God, I can't. One day I'd love to be on that stage. Not even thinking about the hard work that it takes because it seems so easy for people to be on that And now I'm doing it, and I'm just like, Ugh. Lord, I must really love this stuff because this is a lot of work. So this is one question <laughs> I everybody. How do you manage all of your social media platforms? Because I tell everybody this all the time. It's just a lot of work. You have to post this time. You have to post five times a day. You have to post this time. A day. It's just crazy. So how do you manage all your marketing on the social media platforms? Um. I don't know if I'm the best person to ask that. Um, I make it work. Um, I make it work. I don't. I probably don't post as much like as I should. Um, I know Facebook lets you schedule posts in advance, which is nice because I know the times of day my Facebook posts get the most boost, so I can schedule them ahead. Instagram is harder because you can't schedule a post ahead without using a third-party app, which then kills your reach. So I can't really post and get the maximum engagement unless I happen to be free at my peak times. Uh, so I use stories a lot on Instagram rather than posting. Um, Twitter, I kind of all but gave up on. I'll go in every now and then and retweet things I'm tagged in. Um, and then TikTok, I'm still getting into. Um, I haven't, like, cracked the code yet, but I'm trying to learn about it and keep up with it. Yeah, TikTok is a whole nother ball of wax. In fact, tomorrow I'm doing this I think four hour seminar webinar conference on it just to get the ins and out of it because there's stuff that you you can actually get a lot of fans and followers but there's a lot of work uh, that needs to be done like I have a friend um, she manages her son and they actually block out a time like an hour to three hours and just do tick that's all he does TikTok, 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 TikTok. whether it's stitches or duets or it's his own music he's doing it and because he does that he's gained 30,000 followers but wow. That's, that's, and he's a student, but that's only if you have, I mean, you, I mean, at this point you, you devote, I mean, I might be able to do like 30 minutes 
I don't know about that one hour or three, three, three hours, but he devotes his time and, he, and he's seen a lot of the results. And I do agree with you. It is hard to kind of manage all that stuff. Yeah. Twitter, you know what I like about, what I like about Instagram is that if I post something on my Instagram page, it can automatically go to Facebook and then Twitter. And then maybe uh, if I have Tumblr and stuff like that. So I like that aspect of things. And my friend Nikki Chris likes to use um, Buffer, like a third-party prequel. But the problem with me is that I always change my mind about what I want to post, especially if somebody's irritated me <laughs> that day. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> um, you know, you're just like, mm, I have something different to say today. I want somebody to hear what I have to say. So, no. No, I get it. And you bring up a very good point with that. Like, a lot of people will plan their social media schedules out in advance, and um, I definitely don't post as much about being irritated on the fly without thinking about it as I did when I was younger. But you also want to stay honest with people and relevant and let them see the real you. So it can be hard to plan a social media schedule when, like, you don't know how you're going to be feeling tomorrow or three days from now. You get me. You understand me. I'm glad we're on the same page <laughs> with that. Um, what is your favorite song on the Road Trip album and why? I think I have two favorites on the Road Trip album. Okay. Um, one of them is San Diego, which may have been the other one I sent you to play today. I don't quite remember. Um, yeah. And I think it's because um, the producer who created the track for me he just, he nailed it. Like, every now and then, like, I love all the tracks on the album, but to me, like, that one, I can just close my eyes and visualize everything in that song. And the same thing for uh, Somewhere in Syracuse, which is uh, the last track on the album. And Somewhere in Syracuse is a lot less traditional. Like, there's a chorus, but the words change each time. I didn't exactly write it to be anything marketable. But, um, again, the production, I feel like, just really was nailed and just as an artist it's one of those songs where I listen to it and I'm like this is me this is my music I love that so that's a good segue so we're gonna get a word from our sponsor and we're going to play San Diego hold on one second hi it's Jordan and Madison and we're Jay Madison out of Nashville Tennessee we'd love to tell you about B-squared management artist services by artists for artists Get your press, branding, single release, and sync success plan now at bsquaredmgmt.com. And listen up to our latest single, Down, now on Spotify. Another year goes by, you look me in the eye, and we both know. Tomorrow comes anew, and I will come unglued, cause we both know. When you take off in the morning, the rain will hide the light. If things had just been different, maybe we would win the fight.
your voice. You have a beautiful voice. Thank you so much. I love it. I love it. What do you love about being an artist? About being an artist, I it's equally scary and joyful to take how I feel and put it into a song. Um, I think you figured out by now I'm very authentic with my feelings in my songs. And it's yeah. just kind of like, it's like a diary that's public. And sometimes that's a great thing, sometimes not. But I ultimately, that's what I love about it is it's just a way for me to be me. I love that. No, I, I agree with you 100%. I think for myself, music has been my favorite. It allows me to express myself when I'm angry, sad, hopeful, joyful. Anything that I'm feeling, I can just belt it out. And and, and I just, I love it. It's just, you can scream and shout and, you can, and you're just a creative soul. And to express that through music and, and, and musicality and all that stuff is just, amazing feeling what I love about is that when I relate to fans and they say oh my gosh how did she know that's exactly how I was feeling so I love that about you that you're not afraid to express your emotions there are a lot of artists that are afraid to express their emotions they don't want to show the true side you know they they just want to write music they don't care what it says you know they want they want to chart they want to do this they want to do that but I love the authentic um, artist what I find now is that when I'm listening to music I actually focus more on the lyrics now than actually the melody because I'm always like, oh, I wonder how they got to that point. I wonder how they did this. And, oh, my God, they must have been going through something um, when they wrote this song. So I really applaud you for that. So how do you feel about the whole country music scene in regards to women? You know, I know now um, some of the women, well, a lot of the women are being played at 50-50 with the men, but before all of that, they weren't, you know, you couldn't hear a lot of them. It's always the men that were being played. Um, so how do you think uh, we've moved in the direction in the country music scene? I think it's definitely getting there. Um, I think the awareness is just amazing compared to what it was before, compared to that one tweet that went around saying they weren't allowed to play two women back to back and I eventually wanted I eventually wanted to get to a point where we don't need to celebrate women specifically like yeah right now we do because we need that awareness but I wanted to get to a point where it's just normal and we don't need that awareness and it doesn't matter if it's a girl or a guy or if we're playing a girl and guy back to back it just I wanted to get to a point where it's truly about the music and that bias doesn't exist anymore but I think until we fully get to that point I think all this awareness surrounding it is great no I agree with you a hundred percent it should we should get to a place where it just doesn't matter which gender is being played but when we got that news that there was like you could play two females back to back that's just ridiculous to me especially music is a place where we should all get along there shouldn't be any well this male versus female race versus race it shouldn't be about anything because Music has such a great power to motivate and move people and bring people together. So I've never understood this whole thing about we have to separate, whether it's gender or races or this, that, and the other. It's just crazy to me. Um, How do you deal with writer's block? Um, 
writer's block. Co-writing has helped a lot with that. Um, I haven't, I haven't experienced writer's block in a while, but I did go through a three-year dry spell where I wrote oh. almost next to nothing, and this was before I was co-writing, and that was like one of the darkest times of my life because I didn't know how to express anything and I couldn't come up with anything. Um, for the most part, I have different techniques now that I can kind of turn to that can kind of juvenate me when I am feeling writer's block. Even if I just write something, even if it's not a complete song or a complete thought, even if I just do something, I feel a little better about it. And I've loved getting into co-writing because it's a totally different brain space when you're co-writing with someone else Um, because you have different ideas to bounce off, different emotions. Sometimes I can put myself into their head and write their story. So I guess it just depends if I'm writing alone or writing with someone else. But I like to think I've kind of figured out how to get around writer's block, knock on wood. Um, It hasn't affected me very badly in a while. Awesome. Where have you created a song that's very different, like a different crazy place? Like for me, I come up with the best songs, and I always say this, in the shower. Same. Shower. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Shower. The best songs in the shower. (laughs) I mean, I don't don't get it. And then when I walk out of it, I'm like, (laughs) I don't remember a damn thing. And so I want to create something that's waterproof. You just hit the button and you, you can create your, your, your song. So the shower is your place. I think to- you're, you're on to something with that. I also write a lot of songs in the shower and I will just, and it's like neurotic. People would think I'm yeah. really crazy, but I just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it until I get out of the shower. And then I immediately <laughs> grab my phone and either make a voice memo or write it down. I do the same thing in my car. And um, whenever I have a job, my songwriter brain likes to turn on at work, and I'm always jotting stuff down at work. I have a day job right now, just kind of COVID kind of destroyed the music industry temporarily, and I've been writing at work nonstop. Like, I clearly have other things to focus on, but my brain just wants to write songs instead. I love that you bring that up because at my job, I, I kid you not, I have written some of the best stuff at my job because I was feeling maybe anxious or I was feeling like I really want to go and thinking, Oh, I just want to do this music full time. But I agree with Mm you. We are the same page. Shower, work, shower, work. We get our best stuff from those places. (laughs) Crazy. Um, What is your favorite musical memory? Uh, It would probably be when Steven Tyler walked into a bar while I was playing music. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, uh, he walked. <laughs> I was singing Ed here and I was singing Perfect. And um, I looked up and this man was just gazing intently at me. And I had to like do a double take. And I, I kept my composure. I didn't even miss a beat. I was wow. very proud of myself. But in my head, I was just like, that's Steven Tyler. And then I played an Aerosmith song because I guess I'm crazy. But also that was a really good decision, I think. <laughs> wow. Steven, I love him. I love him. I think I've never met him, but I understand he's a really cool guy. You know, I'd read his autobiography, and, um, you know, his autobiography was written to, you know, it made him seem very down to earth. And the man I feel like I met that day in that bar, like, he was so nice. He was there for dinner with, like, family or friends. I didn't bother him. 
but he eventually came over to me and we just like talked and like he just like gave me hugs and like he was just so nice he didn't have to do any of that wow what kind of advice would you give an up-and-coming artist everyone's going to tell you what you need to be and who you need to be and my best advice is don't listen and I have two reasons for that one is of course you want to be authentic but two is everyone's telling you what you need to be and what they think is going to work based on trends that have already happened but the music industry is constantly evolving and new things are constantly happening and you know they're going to tell you to be like Kelsey Ballerini, for example, but we already have a Kelsey Ballerini. Or they're going to tell you to be like, you know, Rihanna, but we already have a Rihanna. Like, we need someone new. So focus on being you and bringing your unique traits to the table because everything else they're telling you to be already exists. Right. So, so true. And and I'm glad that you bring that up because – I went to a taxi music conference many, 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 many moons ago. And, you know, they have a session where they'll play your music and then they'll critique it and say, oh, I want to use it or not use it. And one of the things the guy said is that when you're writing music, if you're writing for other people, don't write something uh, that, don't write something that Rihanna has already done. Give us something she hasn't done before, which is, which I love, but you know what, nine times out of ten, when you're re- listening to the songs on the radio, it's like almost the same thing over and over again. Um, and mm-hmm. I always believe that people need to be their authentic self. I agree with you 110%. The other uh, thing I've learned is you're, you're never going to do a good job at being something you're not supposed to be. It's never going to click. My career in artistry started to click once I decided to turn off all the other noise and just do my own thing. When I started doing my own thing and not taking all the advice everyone said would make me famous, that's when things actually started happening. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. 100%. What is something you would tell, what advice would you give your younger self? Definitely everything we just talked about. I would also, I would tell her, I still struggle with this. Sometimes I struggle with the quality aspect. So part of me wants to tell her to release every single song that she writes and just put it out there because, you know, you're eventually going to outgrow some of those songs. And if you wait for the perfect time, you might look back and realize that's not you anymore. Um, But I'd also share with her just a lot of what I've learned with marketing and quality and, you know, really planning out a release and not just putting a song on the internet. Um, so really give her a mix of advice of, you know, be you, be authentic, release those songs, don't be afraid, but also the planning strategies I know now. Okay. Do you have any plans for new music anytime soon? I do. Um, I am working on a new single right now. I'm taking my time with it. Um, I want to make sure that it's perfect and really represents what I'm going for and then I want to make sure that I give it the release strategy I was just talking about that it deserves without rushing it or cutting corners so I am working on a song and I'm hoping to have it out by late spring early summer awesome I can't wait for it to come out 
what is one favorite quote that you'd like to live by? Oh, favorite quote. This is, I read this in a fortune cookie once. It was, a ship in harbor is safe, but that's not why ships are built. I love it. I love it. Wow, 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 wow. What awards have you won? Uh, the biggest one was a New England Music Award. Um, I won Songwriter of the Year in 2019, which bewildered me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't expect to win, let alone even be nominated. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I won. I won Singer-Songwriter of the Year from the Limelight Magazine Music Awards. Awesome. I've been a finalist or semi-finalist in a bunch of them. I know you mentioned the Josie Music Awards. I've been nominated for some of those. Okay. And um, I think I've seen your name on the uh, Hollywood Music and Media Awards. Yeah, been in that. <laughs> yep, I was nominated for one of those, too. And then uh, I was a finalist in the Song Door Writing Competition, which was very cool. Yeah, that's really good. I This year I got some, an honorable mention for one of my songs. I've never gotten anything oh, awesome. from that. Those songwriting contests, you know, a lot of people say, why do you enter all those things? Blah, blah, blah. They're not worth it. But you know what? You never know who's listening to your music, and that's why I enter them. You just never know. And, and I've had people that have listened to my music that want to collaborate. So I always think it's a good thing. You just don't know who you're going to meet. And, and this music world is just about networking and getting to know people and trying to get your your music out there any way that you can. So I, I'm very grateful for the songwriting contest. And um, tell our audience where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can go to amandamccarthy.com, which is kind of the one-stop shop. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, TikTok, uh, Spotify. My music is on Spotify. It's also on Apple Music and Amazon and anywhere else you can find music. And my general saying is that if it's a website musicians go to, I probably have an account there. Awesome sauce. Thank you so much, Amanda McCarthy, for being on Chatting with Nat. It was awesome talking to you. I'm going to follow you. I am going to send you um, some information within the week the music and licensing stuff because I think you you got it and you do so much so we got to get your music out there I hope you have a wonderful evening and thanks again for being on the show thank you so much Natalie it was a blast all right I'll chat with you later bye hey y'all I'm Natasha Jane Julian and if you guys get a chance I would love for you to go and take a listen to my newest single called brother brother I also have an official video out right now as well on my uh, new Vivo channel, which is Natasha J. Julian. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Natasha Jane J. And Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.